Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is it's just absolutely going to be a fascinating discussion because our guest is someone who has a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience in how to help entrepreneurs develop and grow their businesses. Actually, not just entrepreneurs. Any business, you know, any size business, all these various things. So please join me in welcoming May McCarthy to our program. Welcome, May. Thank you, Deb. I'm happy to be here. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you before we jump in. So since 1982, May McCarthy has co-founded and grown six profitable companies, including four multi-million dollar technology companies. She's also worked for Fortune 500 companies like Johnson & Johnson and Boeing. May is an angel investor, advisor to dozens of small and medium-sized companies, and is on the boards of business, philanthropic, arts, and educational organizations, including the Innovation Entrepreneurship Center at Seattle University. She is a guest university lecturer and professional speaker who shares spiritual success principles with audiences of universities, associations, spiritual organizations, and Fortune 500 companies. May travels the world on purpose to elevate prosperity and freedom for all. Her newest book, The Gratitude Formula, was recently published and is now available on the variety of normal sites. So please, again, join me in welcoming May to our program. Welcome, May. Thank you. Great. Well, you know, I I have a copy of The Gratitude Formula, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, it was one of the things that researching you, reading your book, all these various things that definitely struck me is that one little bit of, of your profile there that, that you mentioned, and that's the spiritual aspect of developing and growing businesses. And a lot of people shy away from that. So that's actually why I wanted to just jump right in with that, because I think so many business owners think there's no place for that in my business world. And we're not talking, we're talking about whatever is your personal spiritual. You know, so for some people, that's God. For some people, that's their gut instinct. For some, it's the angel on their shoulder. You know, whatever it is, but it is part of who we are and why we're in business. But I wanted to know why that was, was something that you absolutely include in everything you do. Well, it, it's been my experience and my belief that there is an intelligence that can show up in more obvious ways more often to guide me and direct me mm-hmm. towards achieving my goals. Right. Now, it stands to reason I actually have to have some goals, first of all, and I have to revisit them on a regular basis, right. which is what, what my both of my books uh, have an element of that mm-hmm. included in there. But this idea of spiritual to me is something that you can't see. But it shows up as gut instincts, feelings in our heart, a strong thought to go somewhere, to do something, to mm-hmm. contact someone, um, a um, just sort of an awareness. You just know what to do. And when we have the courage, as Steve Jobs said, when we have the courage to follow our intuition, 
It will guide us in ways that are beyond your rational understanding to achieve an even greater level of success. And I'm not the only one that believes in that. Bill Gates, of course, depending upon what day it is, he's either the number one or number two richest man in the world. (laughs) Him and Jeff Bezos, you know, they just go back and forth. Exactly. He said often you have to rely on intuition. And and Oprah Winfrey, clearly one of the most influential women of our time, Mm -hmm. she says that she's listened to that still small voice of intuition her whole life. Mm -hmm. But the only time she's made mistakes is when she doesn't listen. And I've had the same experience. And so has Thomas Edison and Steven Spielberg and Einstein. Einstein and Wayne Dyer, and it list goes on and on. So all of us have access to this, but in our society, you know, we're trained to really value data and our rational understanding of things. And if we get a gut instinct or a strong thought that doesn't make sense to our rational mind, we tend to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so what both of my books try to um, help people do is to recognize and to follow that spiritual intuition that will guide them to achieve goals in much, much easier and much greater way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, one of the things that, that you have called it is that inner voice. And how many times do we, I mean, we hear it, but as you mentioned, we ignore it or we're scared of it, you know, and, and, and that little voice really is in there for your own good. You know, it used to, you know, it maybe it ties into that flight or fight thing, um, you know, from from when we were caveman, you know, the danger, danger, get out of here. I, I refer people when I'm talking to them uh, about how to uh, be successful <clears throat> and professional on Facebook. I tell them, you know, there's that inner voice that tells you don't post that. No, no, don't post that. No, no. <laughs> and and how many times do we ignore that voice? You know, and for some people, it, it truly is a very spiritual voice where they know that they have been spoken to by that higher power. So it's whatever it is. But as you said, we have it, um, you know, and, and the second we ignore it or and, and truly it is when we ignore it. It's, you know, it's not just that we think, you know, whatever. It's when we ignore it that we have problems. But as you mentioned, when we pay attention to it, that's when we have success. And and the success is beyond our rational understanding. Mm -hmm. I mean, our rational mind will always try to gather as much data as possible. Mm -hmm. And when we have a strong thought to do something or a gut instinct to go somewhere or not do something, our rational mind jumps on board right away and Mm -hmm. tries to figure out every possible action that we can take. And then it, it goes one step further, and that is to figure out what every possible outcome mm-hmm. to every possible action. Right. And then without, we get anal- and it, paralysis by analysis. Well, yeah, and if we don't like any of those outcomes, we just do nothing. Mm-hmm. And in this practice that I describe in both of my books, um, you're not allowed to do nothing anymore. You have to actually take some action. And what I found is that a lot of people – don't understand or don't want to um, refer to that intuition, that source of intuition as a, you know, religious symbol. And so what I did was as a CEO who had surrounds myself with people whose advice I value, like a CFO or a COO or mm-hmm. a CIO, what I tend to, what I did was I brought this source of intuition into my C-suite and I gave it the title chief spiritual officer or mm-hmm. CSO. Right. So for me, it's a it's a it's a source of intelligence that's available to each and every one of us. And there are some things that I can do on a daily basis to 
enable it to show up more often mm-hmm. in more obvious ways. And I have to tell you, I mean, it's helped me grow companies as large as 120 million in annual revenues mm-hmm. and it, it works. Right. You know, and, and a big part of that is very much what your, your second book is about. And that is about being grateful. And, you know, and, and it struck me as I was reading your book that, I mean, how many people out there play the blame game, play the it's not my fault game, the oh, poor me game, you know, all of those various things. And those things exist. And we're not saying that they don't exist. And they're actually there for a reason, you know, because they do in many ways, hopefully make us more grateful for what we have. But it is something that you specifically say in your books, we have to practice. We have to be grateful. We have to have gratitude every single day. And, you know, as I said, as I was reading it, it struck me that when we expect bad things to happen, bad things happen. When we expect good things to happen, good things happen. And, you know, and and that's, that's obviously very simplistic, but I see that happen so many times, you know, whether it is the, you know, the, the person who, well, I always date men that aren't good or I never get that promotion. You know, I'm not going to make my targeted goals this quarter, whatever. It, then that's what happens. You know, it's that old self-fulfilling prophecy. But when people practice gratitude on a regular basis, good things happen. Well, it, it it's my I want I want people to look at it this way. No one questions the law of gravity. If you have something, if you have something in your hand and you drop it, Mm -hmm. guess what? It's going to fall to the floor. (laughs) Right. If you use your words, thoughts and emotions towards anything, Mm -hmm. what you want or what you don't want, it's going to become visible and bigger and manifest for you. So whether, you know, Henry Ford was perfect. He says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're, You're absolutely right. So. People have to be as careful with their words, thoughts, and emotions as they would if they were holding a beautiful, valuable piece of glass Mm -hmm. and they don't drop it to break it. I mean, they have to be that careful about where they're focusing their attentions, their words, and their thoughts. Mm -hmm. If they just shift their focus to being grateful for what they have and being grateful for what they want but word it, as though they already have it. Right. I so loved inst- that. Instead of saying, you know, I, I want to be debt free or I want to lose 10 pounds, you know, it, in that statement, the goal is to be wanting to lose or to be wanting mm-hmm. to be debt free. Well, guess what? You've already achieved that goal. Mm-hmm. You're already wanting. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is describe it as though it's already done with gratitude. So you would say, I'm so grateful that I'm financially free with a minimum or more of X number of dollars to use and enjoy and to share with my family and friends mm-hmm. and invest in increase. Right. I'm so grateful that my company now reaches this level of success and that we are able to honor our coworkers, our uh, customers, suppliers, and vendors in our world, and we have a very fair exchange of value with others while we thrive and prosper. Mm-hmm. Um, so describing it with gratitude as though it's already done will enable your intuition and your subconscious to show up on high alert because you're already describing it as though it's done. Mm-hmm. So 
these two wonderful gifts, the subconscious and this intuition, want you to be operating in integrity. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying it's so and you're grateful, then it's those two things are going to show up and point you in the direction to take steps to make it so. Right. You know, I talked with a guest several months ago, and for the life of me, I can't remember which one of my fabulous guests it was. He has eliminated the word try from his vocabulary. And, and it's kind of along those same principles. You know, rather than saying, I'm going to try to be successful, he says, I'm going to be successful. And he actually finds himself, and other people find him too. And he said it's kind of become this game because he does a lot of interviews and a lot of public speaking. And when he says the word try, he donates a certain amount of money to a nonprofit, which and I, that, you know, that I thought that was very cool. And, and so, you know, he, he said it is kind of one of the, he, he still donates, you know, it's not that it's, well, I'll only donate if I say that word, but it, the same thought process, you know, when, when you say, I'm, you know, I, I want to do it. I'm going to try to do it in a lot of ways. You're giving yourself permission for it to not happen. Well, and I would even change his statement, I'm going to be, to I'm so grateful that I am. Right. Mm-hmm. I would go one step further because what that's going to do, honestly, I mean, imagine your subconscious going, oh, eek, oh, my gosh, I have to help her operate in integrity. I better right. figure out how to illuminate possibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already proved that this works. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the last time that you bought a car. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have narrowed down all the models that you were interested to one or two. Maybe you even went and test drove, you know, a car and mm-hmm. you started thinking about and you were so grateful. You just knew you were going to get this new car. You're so excited about it. Don't you start to notice that car driving around everywhere? Definitely. You know, you it might, know- be, might be slightly different, but holy schmoly, it's like everybody bought that car. Well, you're thinking because you've been thinking about it and you're excited about it and you're grateful for it before you even have it. You, your subconscious goes, uh oh, I better figure out how to filter these billions of pieces of data that are coming at her every single day. Mm-hmm. And I better illuminate, almost put a spotlight on every single thing that's in alignment with her goal. Right. Of the new car. So mm-hmm. you start to notice that car everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that there's more of the, that car. It's that you are noticing it more. Right. And what happens with gratitude, because it's one of those happy emotions, you know, you're it's combined with positive expectation in the formula that I write about in my books. And so when that happens, uh, research has shown that dopamine's released into our brain. Mm-hmm. And what that's been shown to do is help us to focus and notice more possibilities. Mm-hmm. And why not? Why not notice more possibilities for you to take steps to achieve your goals sooner mm-hmm. simply by shifting your focus and your words, thoughts and emotions? Right. You know, one of the things that you talked about in your book was to be as specific as possible. So, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that earlier. Instead of just being grateful that you're debt free, it's you're grateful that you're debt free so that you can do X, 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 um, you know, and 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 again, that just I, I like that concept because we do we do tend to be more general, I think, because then that lets us hedge our bets again. Um, you know, it's like, well, I'm 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 grateful that I'm alive. OK, you know, that's that's nice. <laughs> 
But, you know, it's funny that what what you don't know about me um, and that a lot of my listeners know is um, I am a cancer survivor. I have stage four uh, metastatic breast cancer. That's not a good diagnosis. But you know what? I'm like, whatever. And so not only am I grateful to be alive, I have this mental image of myself being 97 years old. You know, and so as I was reading your book, I'm thinking, I am grateful that I am 97 years old. You know, it was kind of that thinking, you know, that as you said, it's already happened. Um, you know, and, and so it is something that I think is, it, it takes practice, you know, and, and it's, it sounds, you know, kind of fluffy, kind of kumbaya, but it, it works. It's true. Well, and I try to, you know, I've trained thousands of different employees, Mm -hmm. customer service agents, salespeople, executives, managers, all sorts of different kinds of people that work for my companies and other companies. And what I found is if we can make it really, really simple to implement, Mm -hmm. the understanding will follow. So I challenge people to try it. Just Mm -hmm. try this. It takes 25, 30 minutes every morning. Set that alarm. Mm -hmm. Try this for 30 days and see if you don't achieve more of your goals. And, and I'm so happy that, that, uh, you beat cancer. I'm so happy that you're going to, you're going to be celebrating a wonderful 97th, 98th, 99th, as long as you want to be here. And, you know, just as an example, since you brought cancer up, we'll give you an example of how this process works. You know, I, in 1994, one of my goals that I've been writing about every day was I'm so grateful that I am physically fit, trim, mm-hmm. toned, energetic, and healthy body mm-hmm. that's filled with vitality and energy and easily moves through life. You know, mm-hmm. every day, I'm so right. grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And one day, I get this really strong thought, this almost like a picture in my sister's mm-hmm. face in my mind's eye. And I think a lot of people can identify with a strong right. thought that just flies into your mm-hmm. head. Well, I've been doing this for a while, this practice, so I knew that meant I needed to contact my sister. Mm -hmm. Happened to be close to her office, so I just stopped by. She was so happy to see me because she had a computer problem that I could fix for free. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting at her desk (laughs) fixing her problem, and she noticed this very, very tiny, tiny little dot on the outside of my right leg and Mm -hmm. asked me what it was. And I was raised in Hawaii, so I have a lot of freckles. Right. And I told her it was a freckle. I mean, I've always had that dot. Mm-hmm. It's about the size of a, a leaded, a sharpened, mm-hmm. not a sharpened pencil mm-hmm. head. Right. I mean, very, very teeny. teeny. Mm-hmm. And so she, I was just, a, she said she didn't feel that it was a freckle and asked me to see her dermatologist. Mm-hmm. Just as I was about to dismiss her fear, my gut hurt. Right. That's another way mm-hmm. that into guides you. So I thought, well, you know, what's the harm? I'll just go to her doctor. And I, I made if the anything you could tell her, see, I told you it was nothing. Exactly. And that's exactly what the doctor told me. He mm-hmm. says, it's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. Now, mm-hmm. I had this very strong belief at that time. I was raised by a surgeon and I was told all my life by my dad that doctors knew more than I did and that we had to listen to their diagnosis and mm-hmm. their prescriptions. Right. Here I am listening to this doctor saying, May, it's nothing to worry about. Just go home. And my gut hurt again. Mm-hmm. So I had to face this belief. I had to face this this challenge. Mm-hmm. Do I believe my gut or do I believe what I was told all my life? Right. So I faced my fear. As Steve Jobs said, I had courage mm-hmm. and I listened to my intuition. I said, doctor, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you need to cut that off mm-hmm. and have it diagnosed. Right. I came back 
a week later to a diagnosis of malignant melanoma Clark's level three Holy cancer. Mm-hmm. So I was only I only had to have just little minor surgery mm-hmm. and I've been cancer free ever since. Yay! But had I not listened to my intuition, I wouldn't have been able to achieve my goal of good health. Right. I, it would have been a diagnosis later that may have been, um, you know, fatal. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's something that happens all the time where we, especially with our health, we ignore that inner voice that, you know, whatever it is that is saying you need to go to the doctor, you need to have a checkup, you need to be healthier, you know, stop smoking, eat better, all of those various things. And, you know, it's, it, it's a choice that we make. And, you know, therefore we have to live with the outcome of that choice. But how many times is that voice, you know, trying to like smack you upside your head and you and we ignore it. And a big part of that is fear. I mean, you know, because we're always thinking, well, what if it is the worst thing? But we also have that in business. You know, well, what if we don't go with that big client? What if I what if I don't go to that next networking meeting? Maybe I'm going to miss the person who's there. Well, you know, we can't live with the what ifs. And and right. part of this gratitude is, is you know, getting past that. Well, another goal in, in my sixth company um, was to continue to grow our business and meet certain dollar amounts mm-hmm. and be able to expand and serve X number of customers and so on and so forth. And we have this opportunity to do business with a five and a half billion dollar company in mm-hmm. San Diego. They wanted to resell our software and equipment to their hospital customers. Mm -hmm. And I was really, I mean, I had this real bias against this company because Mm -hmm. I knew that if they slow paid me, that could hurt my cash flow and could essentially put me out of business. So Mm -hmm. I was really reluctant. So when I got these intuitive leads, the thing that you do instead of doing nothing, if you're not going to take a step and take action, mm-hmm. then you need to ask your CSO, which, of course, I asked my CFO and my CIO for right. advice. So I decided I just asked my CSO for advice. And I would say over and over again, if this is from you, if this is something we're supposed to do, give me another obvious sign. Mm-hmm. And I got I mean, you would have taken advantage of after the first one, but I waited and waited and I had like 30 different leads, 30 different intuitive hits that were telling me to do business with them. And I kept I kept saying, I don't know, I don't know. So I just would ask for another lead. Mm-hmm. One day I'm driving across the bridge on my way to my office and I look up and I see this billboard and the billboard says your fortune will be made in San Diego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is where that company was. Exactly. And I started cracking up. I was laughing so hard. I don't know how many times I had driven by that sign, Deb, and I didn't notice it. Mm -hmm. But that day, it was illuminated. I noticed it. And I knew that was another lead. And of course, my CSO has a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But but I just started cracking up and I called up the company and every step of the way, I was guided to create a wonderful agreement. And we went on to make millions and millions of dollars and help thousands of customers um, with their patient safety needs. Right. You know, and it's so interesting because as I said, you know, we, we tend to ignore that little voice, you know, or we ask someone else for advice. You know, you mentioned you talk to your CFO, you talk to, you know, other people and all those various things. But it comes back to us. 
as an individual, we have to make those decisions. We have to take responsibility for it. You know, and, and that was the other thing that struck me as I was reading your books or your book was that it's, it's us. You know, this is not past the buck time. This is, you know, having to deal with it and take responsibility for it. Absolutely. You know, we get to create the life that we want to create mm-hmm. and, and our, ability to be financially abundant, to be hugely successful does not limit or diminish anybody else's ability to be equally or more successful. Mm-hmm. So this, it's my opinion that we are creators and that there's an unlimited amount of abundant of abundance, happiness and freedom for all of us. And as long as we stay focused on what it is that we want and describe it every single day, with gratitude as though we've already achieved it mm-hmm. and include that element that you described earlier, include that element of how you're being more successful in any area of your life affects those around you. How are you, if you're, if your business is thriving and prospering and growing, how are your coworkers and employees and your suppliers and vendors and customers being um, benefited as a result of those actions, describe that in great detail. How are your shareholders being affected positively? Mm-hmm. Describe all of that because as you become more successful, you are enabling and helping others to be successful as well. Right. You know, you mentioned it again, and I just want to make sure that, that folks are really understanding this. It is doing this in detail. You know, the second it's just so nebulous that, you know, that that it can't be measured, that we can't really actually define if we were successful or not, that's when it doesn't work. And I think that's where, you know, it's so important that we have the goals. You know, maybe the goal is that the company has 20 new clients that month or makes, you know, a million dollars or whatever it is. It's very specific. And and that's just good business practice. And here's the caution. It's not specific in terms of how you get there. Right. The specific part is what's the end result? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, so, if you say my company, I, I want my company to be successful. Mm-hmm. Great. What does that mean? And then describe it as though you already have it. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that my company now has a minimum or more of X number of dollars in revenue and mm-hmm. we're um, supporting and serving at, you know, X number of wonderful uh, employees while we are having fair exchanges of values with X number or more customers who mm-hmm. love and appreciate us and feel that our superior quality of services and products are so awesome that they tell all of their peers that they should buy from us, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those other things exist, you know, so you may know that you have to make X number of sales calls. To, to achieve those goals, all those various things, but they're not part of that gratitude formula. No, the the practical tools, the practical tools that you use in business are things that you will employ. And mm-hmm. if you find that you need to get additional training, additional understanding to implement those kinds of practical tools, especially, you know, the solopreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, they they pretty much have to do everything. They have right. to have an understanding of bookkeeping and marketing and sales and, you know, lots of different hats. But, you know, get that practical understanding, get that support that you need. But mm-hmm. you still need to have overall 
overarching goals. And it's my opinion that if you need to grow and thrive and prosper as part of your goal, if you're describing your company growing and thriving and prosper and that you have the perfect employees or business partners who are, um, you know, in alignment with your values and missions and together you're able to grow your company by two and three X this year, um, you're going to find that somebody's going to know somebody that introduces you to the right partner. I used to right. say in my companies that I was so grateful that only those employees that are the right employees to work for us who are in alignment with our values and missions come to work for our company and all others find their great job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. And sure, sure enough, we had the most diverse and most wonderful workforce and people within our company were always watching out to see who we could add that were in alignment with our values and our mission. Mm-hmm. And consequently, we were all a very, very cohesive group of people right. who loved working with each mm-hmm. other. You know, And one of the important things is that you all shared all of this information, you know, it wasn't that you had your gratitude formula and the things that in this little silo that nobody ever knew, you know, and, and each person kind of acted independently. It has to be a team. Now, everybody's, you know, th- their gratitude and obviously what they define as success, all of those things are different for each person. But I can't help you if I don't know what it is that that you you are aiming toward. Right. And one of the things that I did as a CEO is I I had a couple of different programs to help my employees understand what my beliefs were and to be able to rely on whatever it is that they determined was the source of their intuition. Mm -hmm. Because all of us have that gift, as Albert Einstein said, we all have that gift. And I don't really care what you call it. But I do want you to enable it to show up more often to help you. Mm-hmm. And th- and because so many famous and successful people say that they rely on it, um, it was easy to be able to share that information with my employees. But what I also let my employees know is that our whole company value system was a fair exchange of value. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we did. And that our jobs, everybody had the same job in our company. We all had different skill sets. We all had different tasks. Mm-hmm. But we had the same job and our job was to work towards the success of our coworkers, our customers, our suppliers and vendors and everyone in our world that was related to our company. And if we did that, we would be extremely successful in return. Right. And I can tell you that we we got a lot of business because our job was to work towards the success of others. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and. So you were successful, you made money, you know, all those various things, but it was because you enabled other people to be successful. Absolutely. Right. Well, holy schmoly, we're already halfway through this program and we've just barely scratched the surface. This is just, it's, it's fascinating to me. And maybe part of it is because I do have a different kind of outlook on things. I mean, you know, you about die a couple of times and you do start looking at the world a little bit differently, but it's, it, you know, it, it is something that so many businesses struggle with. And, and whether it's, you know, a one person shop or a hundred or, you know, a hundred thousand. And some of that is that they really don't have a purpose or a, a why. Why are they even doing that? And so why is that important? Well, I think purpose is what gives you the fuel 
you know, the passion and the fuel to do what you do. Mm -hmm. Purpose is the why that you exist or Mm -hmm. the why that your company exists. Mm -hmm. And when you understand why, which is very different than what you do, you get more excited. And Mm -hmm. when, when you're more excited and passionate about what you're doing, you tend to be more creative and innovative. For instance, in my last company, our purpose was to save lives. Mm-hmm. That was it. Right. That, our purpose was to save lives. Now, what did we do? We made, we created software, developed software, and teamed it up with giant pieces of capital machinery and put in automated workflow processes for the drug distribution process within hospital systems. Mm-hmm. We moved drugs around and tracked them with barcodes. Right. Now, what that was able to do was to enable the hospital to scan a patient's wristband, Mm -hmm. scan the barcode on a drug and make sure it was the right drug for the right patient and Mm -hmm. save lives. Right. Right. (laughs) And eliminate medication errors. So, but our, but our whole purpose was to save lives. And Mm -hmm. people say, why do you do what you do to save lives? Mm -hmm. And 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 it's important that that's an external focus. You know, it's an I think that's where so many entrepreneurs especially get caught because they think their why is to make money, to pay bills, to do whatever it is. And yes, they have to do that. I mean, you know, we're not being Pollyanna here. You have you have to make money because you do have bills that you have to pay. But when you have that external focus for your why, everything else comes from that. Well, it stimulates innovation and creativity. I mean, imagine my software developers that are creating inventory management software. Well, isn't that fun? But mm-hmm. oh my gosh, to create software to enable people to survive right. and to live mm-hmm. and not die, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So it, it stimulates motivation. I mean, think one of the greatest purpose statements, actually there's so many, but one that I absolutely love um, is from the Kellogg company. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a, they're a, we all know what they do. They manufacture and distribute food products, right? right. My favorite cereals. <laughs> okay. Well, if you ask them what their purpose is, the why that they exist, they'll tell you to nourish families so they can flourish and thrive. Wow. Imagine if you're working for a company that nourishes families so they can flourish and thrive. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make you feel more excited and motivated and maybe even creative and innovative? If what you're trying to do is create products that will help nourish families so they can flourish and thrive, you're going to be you're going to think outside the box Mm -hmm. on how you could do that. Right. You know, and, and then people get a different perception of you because when they you know, how many times have have we met people who we knew their goal was that they needed to make money? You know, and, and, and we went, yeah, right, whatever, you know, because they were so, I, it's not selfish. Maybe it's, just, maybe it is just more inwardly focused, but you know, we, it, it really was, you just thought, yeah, okay, whatever. But when they had this greater purpose and some of them aren't, you know, as, as altruistic maybe as, as, you know, what we've been talking about, but it is, you still, you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest marketing things that we tell people is, you need to help people solve their problems. You know, whatever it is that your product or service is, that's what you should be doing. But when we take it back to, well, I'm only in business to make money. No, I don't want to do business with you. I'm sorry. You know, I'll go find somebody else. Well, you know, purpose actually does translate into profit. Right. It has and, to. 
And uh, there was a great study done in 2015, and it was uh, sponsored by Ernst & Young, and it was published in the Harvard Business Review. And what they did was they surveyed almost 500 CEOs of major corporations. And what they determined after all of these surveys were complete is that those that had clearly defined purpose statements and who had conveyed them to all of their stakeholders, that would be mm-hmm. their customers, their coworkers, their suppliers and vendors, their shareholders, their community, those that accomplished that were more profitable. Mm-hmm. So purpose does translate into profits. Right. You know, and, and again, it's, it is what drives you. You know, and, and everything else comes from it. The, the what, the how, all of those various things. But you can't have it until you have the why. Yeah. Yeah. It's the why you exist. And I think e- each individual, especially if they're a CEO or founder of their company, they should know what their personal purpose is mm-hmm. because there's going to be an element of that personal purpose running throughout their company. And mm-hmm. it's important to see where the correlation is. And what I like to tell people is that when they're trying to discover their personal purpose, they really should ask themselves three questions. The first is, what did I used to do when I was a little kid? And I would just lose hours and hours doing because it was so fun and interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The second question is, what have other people told me I'm good at? Mm-hmm. And then finally, what do you think you're good at? And if you answer all of those questions, you're going to see some themes and some phrases and some words that are common in all three areas. Mm -hmm. Like I I know this friend of mine who owns a plumbing company. And when he was a little kid, he used to love to tinker, tinker, tinker. I mean, he'd take apart the small appliances and the telephone Mm -hmm. and and uh, later he'd um, kind of shadow all the workers that would come over to the house and uh, fix the plumbing and do carpentry and uh, wash the windows and things like that. And then he learned how to do some of that himself and got lots of praise from his family. I mean, he loved to be able to use his skills and talents to make other people's lives easier. Mm-hmm. And so later on. He started a plumbing company, and that's what he does. He uses his skills and talents to make people's lives easier. Right. You know, and, and how many people look at that and go, oh, he's a plumber. But Yeah, I, a plumber with over 20 employees. Right. They bill at, you know, 130, mm-hmm. 150 bucks an hour. Definitely. You know, and, and it, it, it is that's one of those like, things that... Yeah. Commercial stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, giant grocery stores and stuff all require plumbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I knew someone who was, he worked for a mortuary and, you know, and he was, he was actually very good at it. He was very understanding, very empathic, all of those various things. But I do remember I asked him, okay, yeah, why? <laughs> and, and he did say, I'll, I'll always be needed. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, so, you know, there are those industries, but then it is, it's not just that, that it's always going to be needed. Because no, that's, and that's not the why. You know, yeah. That's, another great example of discovering purpose mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, if it, something that might be a little more glamorous for your listeners. <laughs> um, there's a gal that I know. Her name is Moni. And what she used to do when she was a little kid is collect all sorts of stuff of nature, you know, rocks and twigs and mm-hmm. flowers and stuff like that. And she'd, you know, create all these creations and give them away. 
excuse me, and give them away as gifts and stuff and make people happy. Mm -hmm. And later, when she became a young adult, she started to become a massage therapist. And she was fascinated with, you know, all these different people that were clients of hers. Some would come in with inflammation and arthritis and and all sorts of different ailments. And so she decided to really take some time to figure out how products of nature could help with Mm -hmm. these ailments, you know, essential oils and things like that. And she created all these really cool concoctions Mm -hmm. in order to provide her clients with relief. Well, it's no surprise that she was booked like over two months out for appointments. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's just packed. And then other therapists asked her, well, what are you doing? We want to, we want to buy those from you too. So Mm -hmm. she started making additional uh, essential oil products on the side and selling Mm -hmm. them. Well, that became such a big business for her that she stopped being a therapist and then Whole Foods wanted to pick up her products and and some other specialty stores and Mm -hmm. and all those massage bars that are in the airports. And and she now has this huge thriving business. And her purpose when she was a little kid, she said that she loved to help people enjoy the wonderful gifts of nature and feel happy. Mm -hmm. That's her personal purpose. But what her, her business purpose ended up turning into is something very similar. And that's mm-hmm. to promote health and well-being through sharing the pure powers of nature. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting because I think, especially when we start, uh, you know, our own business or, you know, these things, we forget those things that we were passionate about as a child. And there was a reason we were passionate, passionate about as a child, you know, and, exactly. and why are we trying to forget it? No, I, I don't I don't think we're trying to forget it. I think what we're trying to do is is be normal right. in the world. Grown up. Well, you know what what whatever, you know, some people get into a job or an industry because, you know, quite frankly, they've got school debt, they've mm-hmm. got to make a living, but they forget that they can use their goal attainment strategies, much of which I talk about in my two books. Mm-hmm. Um, they can use those strategies to describe a goal that's in alignment with their purpose, a right. business, a job, a use of their skills and talents in fulfilling and satisfying ways that where they're prospered and happy and where they're serving people and they feel valued and appreciated. I mean, they can use their goal attainment strategies while they're working in another business. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's going to show up? in order to um, get them to that realized goal. If you read my book, uh, my second book, The Gratitude Formula, Mm -hmm. there's a story about a guy who, you know, was kind of invisible. You know, he was always told he was a runt in the family and he worked for a company. And finally, he decided that, you know, he wanted to use his skills and talents in a really powerful way. And he wanted to be appreciated and valued and heard and Mm -hmm. help the company to flourish and thrive. And as he started to come out of his shell and speak up in meetings and stuff, it totally backfired on him. Oh no. And, and all of these, all these managers and coworkers and stuff were just pissed off at him. And he thought, well, they, were oh, threatened. No. they were totally threatened. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, Oh my gosh, maybe I should go back to being my invisible mm-hmm. self. And I told him, don't do that. Just keep up with your goal. You'll see what happens. And one day he was riding the bus back to, you know, his, neighborhood after work and he saw this business sign just sort of sparkle you know I mean he noticed this sign Mm -hmm. for business and it kind of sparkled and he thought well that's interesting and he continued to do what he was doing at work and things seemed to be getting worse Mm -hmm. And, and another day about two weeks later 
the bus he was on was broke down and they said they were going to bring another bus, but he started to just walk in the direction of his apartment Mm -hmm. and he looked up and he saw that sign again Mm -hmm. and he thought, you know, I'm just going to go in. So he went into the business and was talking to the receptionist, you know, what do you guys do? You know, interesting sign and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And she was explaining what they do. And this guy came out from the back and he had to talk to the receptionist and then asked the, my friend, you know, who are you? Right. Why and are you had, here? <laughs> yeah, they, had a, they had a conversation. He says, well, what are you doing now? And he explained and he says, huh, well, come on, come on back if you've got a few minutes. And they mm-hmm. sat down and talked. And then he was asked if he wanted to apply for a job. Huh. He got a job with higher pay, more mm-hmm. responsibility and a career path ahead of him that allowed him to grow. He made tons of new friends. And they even do things outside of work, including volunteering and doing sports and mm-hmm. things like that. He's so much happier now. Right. You may. It was interesting as you were telling me that story because my first reaction was to think, well, it was fate. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was a. It was. It was a, a possibility mm-hmm. that illuminated and and enabled his intuition to point out. A step to take, which was to go into that business. Right. You know, and and that, that was in alignment with his goal, which was to be a you know, have a great job. Right. You know, And I think when we use that word fate, then again, that's an easy way out. Well, it was fate that I didn't get that promotion because such and such happened. Or, you know, it was fate that I saw the billboard. No, you had, you know, you had taken those steps, those gratitude steps. And as you said, it, it showed itself to you. Now, I don't know. Maybe we're getting a little bit too esoteric here, but to me, fate is, is kind of like trying. It's, you know, it's like, eh, you know, it's the easy way out. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really care what you call it as long as you notice it and take advantage of it. You can call That's it intuition. You well, can call it fate. It doesn't really matter to me. The the important part is what can we do mm-hmm. on a regular basis to make this this system, this success, a system, right, and provable and repeatable, so that it works every time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe. This these formula, this success goal attainment strategy that I describe in my books does. Mm-hmm. So it makes it provable and repeatable. Right. And and you're right. It's the important thing is recognizing it, whether that you call it fate or your gut or your intuition or the higher power or whatever it is, you have to recognize it. Yeah. And then have the courage to take action. Right. So as you were talking about purpose, one of the things that struck me, though, is you know, that the management, the owner, you know, whoever it is that the they have this purpose in mind. But how then does that translate to all of your employees? Because for many of them, it's a job, you know, whatever it is, you know, they're they're working at McDonald's, they're working, you know, for the man, you know, all these various things. So how do you get them to really see that there is this purpose? Well, you have to be able to convey it. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, you have to it can't just be a tagline. Right. You know, it's there's not a, just your mission statement that's on the wall. No, it has to be something that you have a, a way that people can live it, can mm-hmm. actually take action on it. Like with us, you know, to save lives, we were c- constantly talking about how statistics for for medication errors were being reduced mm-hmm. as a result of what we were doing to help hospitals save lives. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, there's another great story, uh, which I have to share. And it was actually written in uh, Fast Company. It was an article in Fast Company in 2017. And it talks about how the CEO of a sandwich company, Witch Witch, you know, mm-hmm. it's a national right. sandwich mm-hmm. chain. Uh, CEO's name is Jeff Sinelli. And he was at a conference and he was so excited to meet one of his heroes, um, a guy named, uh, what's his name? Kip Tyndall. He's the CEO of the container store. Mm-hmm. And so he waited in line, waited in line, and he ended up getting up to the front of the line and pushing his card into uh, Tyndall's hand saying, hi, I'm Jeff Sinelli from Witch Witch. And um, <laughs> Tyndall, uh, Kip Tyndall uh, looks at his card and turns it over and it says, uh, he read what was on the back out loud. He says, some people want to make superior sandwiches and some people want to make the world a better place. We want to do both. And Kip Tindall looked it. at, I know, but wait, Kip Tindall looked at Jeff Sinelli and said, so Jeff, what are you guys doing to make the world a better place? Mm-hmm. Jeff didn't, went, uh, he didn't have an answer because right. it was just a tagline. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he, he sat there for just a second and he said, huh? He says, you know, when I get back to Dallas, I'm going to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and give them away to the poor. Mm -hmm. This year, he'll be giving away his one millionth sandwich. Wow. And all of his employees are motivated because they are making superior sandwiches and making the world a better place. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's it's a little goal. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, giving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to the homeless is a fairly small goal, but it makes a huge difference for the people who receive those sandwiches. Well, and it also for somebody that's got a mundane job like making sandwiches all day, it makes them more motivated knowing that some of their time and talents and treasures mm-hmm. are being used to make the world a better place. Right. You know, and, and I think what's very important in this as is that it's every level of employee. You know, the person who is sweeping your floors at night needs to, you know, needs to have that same sense of purpose and as as the CEO, you know, and and the, and the, your senior managers, all of those people because if they don't do their job well, then it, it kind of starts flowing downhill, uphill, whichever way it would be from there. But, you know, so knowing, you know, because I keep this place absolutely spotless, everything else kind of flows from that. And, and that's, you know, that's tricky because we do, in many cases, either we treat people like they are not as important or we ourselves think of what we do as not that important. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like letting employees understand why our company exists. And I tell you, with the newer generation of worker, all the millennials that are coming up through the ranks, they have a strong desire to want to know why we're doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And if we can convey it in a way that they understand and are excited about, we have the most talented workforce that is at our you know, that will benefit our company, our customers, our coworkers, our suppliers and, and our community. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's interesting. I spoke with a, a guest several weeks ago, Ray Pakowski, and I loved his philosophy because he, he 
has a large company. I mean, hundreds of employees. But he thinks of himself as the servant steward of that company. You know, he's not successful unless everybody else in that company is successful. And, you know, one of the things we talked about was everybody defines success differently. But he's all about empowering people, you know, and, and he said, it's not, it, it's whatever level. And, uh, you know, he's got people that have worked for him, they're third generation employees. And that's, you know, that is not heard of. And, and I just was fascinated talking with him. And, but it was one of the interesting things that he told me was because his company's gotten so large, he now isn't able to, to really know every employee. And I think that, you know, that was something that, that he, you know, he's sad about, but it, it he wanted his managers, though, to know just how important every single employee was. And and so I just I love talking with him. I just thought it was fascinating. And, and obviously, he's been very successful. Yeah, it, I, I tell you, employees are what make the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, they every one of my employees was better at doing their job than I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to start out doing every job. But mm-hmm. I tell you. As soon as they came on board, they're all subject matter experts and know how to do everything better than I do. Well, and that's why you hire them, right? Yeah. You know, and, right. and I mean, you, you, we, we hire people for what they bring. Um, and hopefully it is positive. And, and that the, the hard part is finding those right people, you know, and, but as you mentioned, you know, when, when you have that purpose, they just tie into it. And those that don't, Go on to something else. You know, nothing wrong with them, nothing bad about them. They just weren't a good fit. Yeah, and 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 it's better to find that out early. Right. <laughs> you know, I I I really I was very fortunate. Every company that I had, mm-hmm. I had, we made fewer and fewer choices where the company and the employee didn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, so fewer and fewer people had to separate from our company as I got more mature or wise or lucky or uh, just more intentional, maybe. Mm -hmm. But but I tell you, you can use goal attainment strategies to attract the right people as well, Mm -hmm. as long as you really do want people that are in alignment and with your vision, your mission, your culture, your purpose and know that if they're not the right one, they'll find their good elsewhere before you hire them. Mm-hmm. Right. And sh- sure enough, you know, very few people have to be let go. But I tell you what, if you do find a bad fit, I mean, and this is, you know, just a p- practical note. If you're a leader in an organization responsible for hiring and firing people, if you find one that is not a right fit, it's better to let it let them go quickly mm-hmm. than to continue to have that poisonous um, state for right. your uh, your coworkers and even that person the sooner they're able to go and find their better job mm-hmm. the better right you know, and, and again it doesn't mean there's something wrong yes in a very small portion there is but you know we're not talking about those people we're talking about really it's just not a good fit and and maybe it's you know i, I talk about it with people as in the corporate culture you know, so maybe, you know, I, I was working with a group last week and this woman said, you know, the, the organizations that she was looking at, um, you know, sending in job descriptions to were accounting firms. And so their corporate culture is you work, you know, especially at this time of year, 12 hour days, seven days a week, you know, all these various things. And, you know, and, and I told her, I said, is that 
something that you can live with. You know, and, and, and I said, even if they offer you an absolutely fabulous job, fabulous title, you know, paycheck, all those various things, can you live with that? And she said, no. I said, then why are you applying? <laughs> and so you're right, you know, be, the, the people will apply where they're the best fit when you have all of those pieces in place. Yeah, that's true. Well, May, oh my gosh, we only have a couple of minutes left. And this this really, like I said, I mean, this is just fascinating to me. And I could continue talking about this all day. So we just have to have you on again. But in the meantime, how do people find you and connect with you online? Well, if they go to maymccarthy.com, mm-hmm. that'll take them to my website. And there's lots of different inf- pieces of information, lots of free stuff. They can download the first three chapters of both of my books. Mm-hmm. The first was called The Path to Wealth. It was a bestseller in personal finance. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second, which is coming out next on March 13th, is uh, called The Gratitude Formula. Right. And so both of those books are there. There's other learning materials. There's free videos. There's all sorts of different information. And I mm-hmm. hope that they'll be able to enjoy all of that at MayMcCarthy.com. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, we've got about a minute and a half left. So what would you like to leave our listeners with? I want them to understand a couple of things. Number one, success is a system. It's not a secret. Mm -hmm. It's not reserved for only a few. Everyone can be successful if they're intentional and they use a system for success. Um, People have already proved how powerful they are. They learn to read. They learn to drive. They learn to ride a bike. They learn to type on that crazy keyboard. Some of them can type as fast as I can talk. Mm -hmm. So they've already proved that they can use systems for success. And in both of my books, I outline success systems that if they're intentional and and deliberate and consistent, they will achieve the goals that they want. The second is repetition reaps rewards. Mm -hmm. Repetition is key here, not only to revisit your goals on a daily basis, but also to do some very, very short and simple things to elevate their belief in possibility, because if their goal is bigger than anything they ever wanted um, or or different than anything they wanted, they have to do a few things on a consistent and repetitive basis to elevate their belief system to be on par with their goal. And then they'll achieve it. No problem. Right. Well, you know, as I mentioned, I read the gratitude formula and really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, this this is a great book. And, you know, so I, I highly recommend it to everyone. And, and that just means that I have to get your other book, too, because I haven't read it. Um, but, you know, I have had a fabulous time talking with Mae McCarthy. I am Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.